0: Lest I be misunderstood, I will say, at the outset, that I do not believe in a God. The belief in a God is still generally accepted, not because of the existence of one, but for the reason that it is the easiest way to account for our condition. But in the light of scientific discoveries and demonstrations, such a belief is unfounded and utterly untenable today. Yet the word God, and even the word nature, must often be used to describe that condition which the brain of man has not yet been able to analyse fully and scientifically. One ridiculous conception of God, that is believed by a multitude of people, is that of a massive being sitting in a marble chamber studded with gold and lighted with glistening crystals. Do those who believe in such a creature ever consider him taking a bath? And in what? Or of eating his breakfast? And of what it consists if there were a god and a world were governed with stern justice tempered to our feeble intelligence existence might become tolerable but as it is with the so-called god ruling above the earth is an abominable place and life a long series of terrifying torments if i were to advocate a belief or faith in a god i would seek the embodiment of those things diametrically opposite to the attributes of the popular God of today. Such a creature is not worthy the sacrifice of ourselves and our thoughts. Let us examine and investigate the system and arrangement of the world, that is, that portion of which we are a part and which so vitally concerns us. The result of our most extensive study and labour shows us that the earth, after an illimitable duration of time, has gradually attained its present peculiar development. In other words, nature has taken millions of years to produce the earth as it is now formed. And if it were made particularly for human beings, it is not yet completed. For we still find spots, aye, vast areas, where human life is incapable of subsisting. The climate is either too hot or too cold, there is too much water or too little moisture the means of cultivation are too meagre or utterly unobtainable. In short, after eons of labour, nature has failed to be able to present to every one of us, for our habitation, a parcel of earth commodious and comfortable enough to be perfectly desirable for life and its living. Surely, if the earth were made for our benefit, nature has been not only a very poor provider, but a very thoughtless parent. Some say that man is nature's best product, that the earth was made for us, that we are particularly selected by God, and that a certain race is His chosen people. But that is not true. The Jews are no more God's chosen people than the jay is His chosen bird, or the mosquito His chosen insect. It is not true that nature particularly works for us. Facts prove the contrary. Facts prove we are nothing but an undesirable by-product, to make our way and to live our life as best we can, within a cruelly turbulent space, imprisoned by invisible, impenetrable walls of limitation. No, it is not true that our life is favoured by nature. After we build our homes, make our cities and add improvements, what happens? Nature with her forceful winds blows them down. cruel storms and rising floods wash them away as so much refuse and a tremor of the earth destroys not only our homes but ourselves also leaving no traces of our efforts treasures and sacred ties even as individuals we curse god for the shortcomings with which we are afflicted the exceedingly stout person one who is in his own way curses god for making him so stout The thin person has a similar grievance. Those who are too large and those who are too small are equally dissatisfied. The shape of an eye, the curve of the mouth, a blemish here, an impediment there, is the direct cause of poignant embarrassment. Organs or dimensions too unsightly and unsatisfactory are productive of a continual worry and torment throughout our lives.